Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman. You know, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In fact, the program's really designed for someone just like me because there is a lot I do not understand. Not necessarily something soul-shaking. It might be something that's been bothering me for a while. I find that rather getting into a deep theological discussion, a casual front porch style talk with the pastors, often the best way to understanding. And that is what this program is all about. Today's guest pastor is Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, my home congregation. I have questions. I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions at any time by email to letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can call in during the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, that's area code 314-821-0850. Or anywhere in the lower 48, you can call in toll-free at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor Lawrence, welcome back to the front porch. Pastor Lawrence? Yes. Oh, sorry. You know, I did not press the right button. Gosh darn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. My fault. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, as I was saying, welcome back to the front porch. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I do have something that's on my mind and is bothering, bothering me quite a bit uh, as a Lutheran and as a citizen. In the last couple of weeks, we have seen a mob take over the U.S. Capitol. We have seen a new president sworn in, surrounded by 25,000 armed soldiers. And in the prior four years, we've seen violence erupt throughout the cities, throughout the cities of the country. Grieving for one, you know, claiming grievance of some political sort, one or the other. And I'm reminded that Luther himself faced a very similar situation back in the, I believe it was 1524 to 1526, when there was a huge revolt of the peasantry against the the aristocracy there. And my understanding is that while Luther sympathized with a lot of of what the uh, peasants were for, he abhorred what they had done, claiming to be doing this as God's it's God's work. And I'm wondering, what would Luther say or think about what we are just now witnessing here in the United States? Yeah, you wonder. <laughs> yeah, how would he address um, our situation? Um, you know, because, uh, you know, there are some interesting differences about his situation. Um, because uh, the uh, peasants claimed to be doing this in the name of Christ and that it was the Christian thing to do. Um, And, uh, you know, one of the things he wanted to make clear to them is that, um, no, um, this, you know, you cannot do this in the name of Christ and say that it is the Christian thing to do. In fact, one of the things he pointed out in his... um, in his what they call admonition to peace, um, was just how much he felt that they were being misled by by these um, false prophets who were using um, the scriptures and Christianity to um, 
to stir up the people to to violence. Um, so you know, I you know, it was uh, his condemnation of the the peasants in his time was um, also for that reason. But also, I think you know, it, you know, you could compare him to this time um, because he he used uh, used Romans thirteen heavily throughout um, his whole um, discourse um, against the, the peasants and even um, in even in, even against the lords and in support of the lords at the time. He used uh, um, Romans 13 um, heavily and pointing out that um, the government is uh, an institution of God and as such... Um, we are subject to that uh, to that institution, and we really don't have the right to um, to just go up against it like that. Um, in fact, Romans thirteen clearly said those who resist the governing authority um, are really resisting um, God, and uh, um, that the governing authority has the right to use the sword to um, even put down this kind of rioting that we see. And so, you know, I, I, I could see him in our day condemning um, the violence, condemning all of it, which um, you know, is kind of different to how I see it's being handled um, today, because there is such condemnation that I see regarding um, what happened at the Capitol. Um, but then there was a lot of silence regarding what was going on all summer, you know. And in fact, um, <laughs> right at the inauguration, you still had violence going on in um, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle um, by um, the the Antifa group. And uh, some of the media didn't report it at all. Some did very little reporting on it. And so, you know, there is this double standard that I see going on where if it's done by um, if it's done by the Trump supporters, then there is an out is an outcry against it. Whereas if it's done by BLM and Antifa, it is almost encouraged. But we and as Lutherans almost- would condemn both. Exactly. We would condemn both, which is, um, you know, the group that is condemning both, you know, because I I sometimes like to watch um, Fox News. And what I noticed on Fox News is that they condemn both. They condemn what was going on um, over the summer by the BLM group and the Antifa group. And they also condemn what happened at the Capitol. They condemn both. And I could see Luther doing that, condemning violence altogether and go, this cannot be the way to um, um, to handle things. Now, what is also interesting in his, um, <laughs> in his admonition to peace is that he was also pretty condemning of the rulers at the time because he um, saw them as being tyrannical and that there, it was their tyranny that was um, setting this this uprise in motion. And so he pretty much condemned them also for their tyranny. Um, 
And so, yeah, I could see him doing the same thing today, um, looking at uh, the way things are handled by our rulers and say that can't be the way to, to handle it. But at the same time, you cannot um, excuse um, the violence that is happening. Um, the violence on both sides, I think, is just wrong, whether it is done by BLM or Antifa or by Trump supporters. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just wrong. You see, and, and, and the part about it that is um, that make it look so bad is uh, anytime you go down the road of using violence, you end up giving ammunition to your enemies. Because your enemies can point to it and uh, point to how bad your behavior is, and uh, which is what is which is what is happening as we as we speak. There is this outcry against Trump supporters as if they are all um, insurrectionists or terrorists. So I think you know, it was a big mistake um, to to. Um, have this violence at the Capitol, because I think we end up just giving our opponents um, ammunition. So it didn't really help us. I think it more hurt us than help us to do something like that. And it's just, you know, it has just, it has just led to so much this down feeling, you know, this down feeling overall as you, you know, in fact, before we even got to the election, there was just this real depressed feeling. Um, it sort of again remind me of um, of my own country, Jamaica. I think I mentioned this to you before that um, when socialism came to Jamaica, the elections were no longer peaceful, and. Uh, it sort of remind me of that um, because when Michael Manley in Jamaica um, introduced his his um, policies of um, what he called democratic socialism, um, when he did that, um, one of the things that happened. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. I just it was one. My phone just light up, so I was. <laughs> trying to make sure I didn't um, lose you. <laughs> yeah, when Michael Manley introduced that, in fact, before he introduced his policy of socialistic democracy, the first thing he did was disarm society. He started this thing he called a gun court. It was a prison for people with guns, a special prison he um, built. And then he tell everybody, he said, you have six months, Six months, you can just walk into any police station and put down your gun and just walk out, and nobody can ask you any question. Just put it down and walk away. And a lot of people did. A lot of people just walk into police stations, put down their guns, and left. And he says, after six months, if you are caught with a gun, you will be detained indefinitely. Not like we're going to give you three years or five years, but we're going to detain you indefinitely. Mm. So that encouraged people all the more to use the first six months to turn in their guns. And then he announced, you know, my policy is going to be I'm, I'm a socialist. 
I'm a socialist. You know, this is socialistic democracy. And, you know, of course, the raising of taxes, um, the punishing of, you know, what, what I would describe as the punishing of good behavior and the rewarding of bad behavior. Because, you know, the people that uh, had businesses and produced the things that um, we need, those were the people that he was hard on. And then the people that didn't produce the things that we need were the ones that he went easy on. <laughs> but had the people of Jamaica risen up against the government of uh, of Manly, would that have been condemned by Luther? I think so. I think so. Because, you know, you're supposed to convince the people to vote a certain way rather than use violence. And I think, you know, the problem was that, you know, socialism is a, is a tricky thing because it, uh, it makes these big promises. You know, it tells you, you know, we're going to level the playing field and everything is going to be good for everybody. In fact, I had a co-worker when I worked in, um, with computers. I had a co-worker that was from Cuba. And uh, she, you know, said that when Fidel Castro came to Cuba, she was all for him, you know? She thought that when Fidel take over, everything was going to be great. And her father was a lawyer at the time. And her father was trying to tell her, no, this is not good for Cuba. This is not going to be good. And uh, she was against her father at first until she saw what Fidel Castro was really all about. And that once he took over, even her father couldn't practice law anymore. And uh, her family had to leave the country. So she was all for him at first. And she ended up <laughs> really hating Fidel Castro afterwards. She couldn't even stand the mention of his name. Um, being from Cuba. And I think the same thing happened um, with a lot of Jamaicans, too. They just believed that, you know, socialism would level the playing field and things would be good for everybody. In fact, I remember there was, um, there was a, a reggae song out at the time um, and uh, done by a group called The Meditations. And they were comparing what Michael Manley was doing to Noah building his ark. <laughs> you know, they were saying, you know, all those who are running from Jamaica, they hope it's forever. Because when Noah was building his ark, everybody laughed. And then when the big flood came, they began to weep and moan. And I still remember the song. He was all, they really bought into this socialism that it was going to be good for everybody and uh, but the business people saw that it wasn't going to be good in fact it was that time that my father gave us our passport and allowed us to leave the country because he always had our passports and he never wanted us to leave but when he saw what was going on because he was you know he was a businessman he had all these businesses in Jamaica and when he saw Manly, he gave us our passport and he goes, you guys leave the country because this is not going to be good. Mm. And sure enough, 
um, a lot of business people started closing their businesses and heading for the United States. And uh, the economy in Jamaica just crashed. And uh, when when the next time came for election, Michael Manley had his people. They were trained by some Cubans. I think they called them the, the brigadiers. And they were they had guns. His people had guns. And uh, all the other people were just sitting ducks because these guys were fully armed and uh, no one else had guns. He had disarmed society. Then you had another group that got started on the Siaga. And I think they called them the, the Shawa Posse. And then they started getting guns from America. And you see, once you have the Shawa Posse and the Brigadist Dares, and some are getting guns from Cuba, and some are getting guns from America, then the elections were just extremely bloody. Um, because, you know, you have these two people, two, two groups with guns, and they're shooting at each other. So, you know, it uh, the whole thing reminds me of, you know, of that. I was able to escape it because I left in 1974, and uh, the war actually started in 75, the year after. But you kept hearing about what was happening in Jamaica. Um, and then I realized why my father gave us the, our passports and had us leave the country. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's reminiscent of that. And then you notice with the BLM group and the Antifa group, how they how violent they are and how they try to intimidate others. And of course, once the intimidation starts, you're gonna have another group forming that are gonna say, No, we're not gonna be intimidated by you. We're gonna push back. And so you realize, uh oh, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the formula for blood. That's the formula for blood, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I could see Luther condemning any violence, even on our part, and go, if the if the wicked is going to do the violence, let them do it. Um, you don't um, engage in violence. And that's what, you know, that's what I sometimes appreciate about with watching Fox News. Because on the one hand, they were condemning um, BLM and Antifa, while a lot of our government officials were saying Antifa is a myth or an idea, it's not real. Oh, I just uh, I just had a Facebook exchange with my cousin who is uh, very far to the left, and I I mentioned uh, exactly what you just said about how people are overlooking the violence of Antifa, and she said Antifa is a movement. I don't even know what that is. I don't I don't know what man. <laughs> She's, wow. I don't even know what that is. Oh, gee. yeah. But see, you see, the, the, the double standard that is going on is what is so deceitful about it. You know, there's a deception going on because there's a, a part of the media that is either reporting very little or nothing about it. And then you had another group that was also raising funds to get these guys out of jail. Oh, yeah. That was Kamala Harris had uh, established yes. a, 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 a bail fund to get Antifa rioters right. out of prison. 
Right. And and she and Presley were saying that that this um, uprising was, um, you know, was going to continue and that it shouldn't it shouldn't let up. It was being encouraged. And, you know, you go, well, see, that's where the deceitfulness is, because on that side, it was being encouraged. And, you know, Fox was uh, condemning that side of it. And then also when it happened at the Capitol, I, you know, I thought they were going to excuse it, but they didn't. No, it was. They they condemned that also. And I go, see, that's what I think Luther would have done, too. He would have condemned violence across the board. Now, I'm I'm reading right now a couple of his writings. For example, he wrote... uh, uh, Here's a section to the princes and lords. He says, we have no one on earth to thank for this mischievous rebellion except you, princes and lords. Besides, in your temporal government, you do nothing but flay and rob your subjects in order that you may live a life of splendor and pride until the poor common people can bear it no longer. Right. Exactly. So he basically was blaming the government at the time and saying, you know, it's your tyranny that's really setting this in motion. Um, and that the, and, devil, you know, I, that the devil was 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 taking advantage of this. The devil had been working essentially with, with the rulers and then encouraging the peasants to... Uh, to rise up. And it was not a gentle uprising. I mean, there were massacres and... Horrible things that happened, all in the name of God. Right, right. But you see, Luther also realized that as Christians, we are called to um, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. You know, and he would go, no, you cannot um, use violence in the name of Jesus. In fact, um, when he addressed the, the 12 articles of the peasants, one of the things he pointed out was, look at Jesus in the the garden at Gethsemane, you know, and when uh, Peter pulled his sword and cut off Malchus's ears, and uh, Jesus stopped him at that point and go, no, we're not going to go down the, the road of using violence. And uh, Jesus just accepted the, the arrest, the trial, the conviction, the crucifixion. Um, and he pointed that out to the peasants and go, you know, you don't have the right of the sword. Um, the government has been given the right of the sword. And so you can't just rise up against the government. Now, in your in your hardship, yes, you do cry out to God in prayer. And, you know, that is another thing that I find um, encouraging as I listen to um to some of my colleagues, and uh, in fact, even Dr. Gibbs had something on on Facebook, um, you know, reminding us that this is a time, you know, to pray. Um, and a lot of my colleagues that I study with on Tuesday, and you get that, um, you know, that that tone that is set, you know, that this is a time to to pray, not a time to use violence. Um, to cry out to God and pray even for for President Biden, you oh, know? Absolutely. Uh, to, yeah, to pray for him. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the, that's the 
way to go, you know, is to use prayer, but not violence. And uh, um, but again, you know, you, you, you know, the um, the double standard is part of what is so deceptive about it. You know, the whole this. Now, here's something that um, that was so troubling about the whole thing. When BLM and Antifa was doing their rioting, they quoted, the left quoted Martin Luther King Jr., a man who never used violence. Even when violence was used against uh, Martin Luther King Jr., he did not return violence. He did not, you know, he did not act with violence at all. He just... He turned the other cheek. He turned the other cheek. Clearly, you know, he turned the other cheek. And even when there were some in his group were saying, it's time for us to go violent, he would, no. Um, But they quoted Martin Luther King, and guess what they said? They said that, um, based on Martin Luther King's speech, he would call what BLM and Antifa was doing the language of the unheard. Oh, dear. He said... He said, rioting is the language of the unheard. And I'm saying to myself, well, if rioting is the language of the unheard, maybe even the people that uh, did that terrible thing at the Capitol, maybe they felt like they were not heard. And when you start, and justif- a- when you start justifying <laughs> that kind of violence and doing it in the name of of peace, in the name of God, in the name of what have you, that is a slippery slope. Got to take a break. Exactly. Got to take a break right here, Pastor. Got to take a break right here, Pastor. But let's pick this up on the other side of it, okay? Okay. On this Friday, January 22nd, 2021, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Ron and Linda Andre of Cottlesville, Missouri. Ron and Linda made a gift to KFUO in thanksgiving to the Lord as they celebrate their 49th wedding anniversary today. They are grateful to the Lord for his many blessings throughout their years together. Thank you, Ron and Linda Andre, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. Being confused is sometimes called getting yourself all turned around, and it's a negative thing. But in the spiritual life, turning is often a positive thing, and music can encourage a person to keep turning, turning, till they come round right. Join us on the next Sing for Joy. Sundays at noon on KFUO, the messenger of good news. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. 
opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 715 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Think about the word investments for a second. What immediately comes to mind when I say the word investments? Hi, I'm Callie Breeze with Thrivent, helping you thrive with purpose. I'm guessing your answer is mutual funds, stocks, or bonds, and you would be totally right. But here's another way to think about investments. It's the time, talent, and treasures you invest in others. So how you invest will be unique to you, and it doesn't have to be money. If you love to cook, bake cookies to share with your neighbors. If you have time, volunteer at your church or a local charity. And if you aren't sure what you have to offer, well, make a list of everything you do well. You'll get some ideas that way. Your gifts may help someone live a better life. You'll lift their spirits and yours. And you know what? You'll feel good about doing good. Here's what's important. God wants you to share what you have with others. These investments will provide abundant returns. And one of them is a more content, confident, and generous life. Well, good afternoon. Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Today's pastor is Wayne Lawrence from St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. We are discussing what would Martin Luther think of what is going on in the United States today, what's been going on for the last several years. And uh, basically, we think that he's not too happy, he would not be happy with anybody on this one. <laughs> no, no. Oh, there was something else I wanted to mention. Um, when he, um, when the, uh, when the peasants actually um, started the uprising, one of the things he said about the, the lords was, if you don't put down the violence with the sword, because you have been given the right of the sword, if you don't put it down, you are as guilty as those peasants who are causing a lot of, you know, murder to happen um, and, and the destruction of property and things like that. He says, you are just as guilty as they are if you don't put it down with the sword because you have the right of the sword. Now, if I compare that to what is happening today, I would say Luther would not be too happy with our government allowing the BLM group and the Antifa group to continue with their violence either. Because he would say, if you allow them to do this and you don't stop it, then you are just as guilty as they are for the rioting and the looting and the destruction of business that is happening. So perhaps you would um, encourage things like, like the March for Life, where we, uh, we peacefully assemble. We peacefully, every year for the last 48 years, we have been trying to talk the government into reversing that horrible, horrible decision of Roe v. Wade. Uh, but, yes. but not to do things like blowing up an abortion center or killing abortion doctors. That is heinous. It is a terrible crime, especially to do it exactly. in God's name. 
yes. You cannot go exactly. That's a good example. You can't go blowing up an abortion clinic in the name of God or in the name of Christ, um, even though what is happening there is very ungodly. But in terms of how we vote, um, you know, which is, you know, people sometimes say, you know, you're a one-issue voter because as soon as there's a candidate that is, um, pro-choice, you won't vote for him. And you, they say, you have to look at all the other issues. And I go, no, um, I don't care how good his policies are, you know. If he is, if he is, if he is pro-choice, he's off my list, you know. Um, you see, and this is where I sometimes have, um, have trouble even understanding some of my own family members. Because when the um, w- um, when the incident happened at the Capitol, I got a text message from one of my sisters that I seldom hear from. I've not heard from her in a long time, and all of a sudden, here comes this um, text message. And when I look at the message, it says, um, um, "Josh Holliday from the." Great state of Missouri has blood on his hands. Oh, I've and, heard that. And and Donald Trump should be impeached. And I'm saying to myself, where was the outcry the whole summer? Mm-hmm. Where was the outcry? Now, all of a sudden, there is this, you know, and so I did not respond to her text message. I go, you know what? Just pray that her eyes will be open and that she will see that violence only beget more violence. Um, and it's all wrong. The violence that, um, that result from the violence is wrong and the violence that beget this violence, they're all wrong. But she can only see what happened at the Capitol and what should happen as a result. And, you know, you know if you're going to condemn one, for me, you have to condemn them all. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot just ex, you cannot condemn one and then excuse the other, and that's the double standard. And that's where I think it is deceptive, um, and and just wrong, just really wrong. The encouragement of one side and the condemning of the other. Well, we should um, also point out that that Luther was by no means a pacifist. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, because he certainly was calling upon the Lord to do their duty. He was saying, "You have the right of the sword. God give you the right of the sword." He also he should... also talked about uh, he also wrote about how uh, soldiers can be Christians, which was which was something that what? was in yeah that was something that was questionable earlier. <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, when he spoke to the Lord, he said, "If you die." trying to put down the riot, oh, you'll just go to heaven. And then he condemned the peasants and said, if you die in this uprising, you're going you're gonna to lose both body and soul because you're wrong. You know? so, and the, so he was not a pacifist. No, he was not a, a pacifist at all. Oh, and he was very but, aware of know. the danger of the Ottoman Empire, the, the Muslims yes. coming up through the yes. uh, Baltic, uh, Balkans, right. excuse me. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah I did not. I, in, from reading it, from reading it. In fact, when you mentioned it, I was like, wait a minute. Um, I've heard this before, but I'm, I needed to refresh my memory, and uh, so I looked in my library, and um, I didn't have. I don't have a whole 
set of Luther's works, but um, I found out which volume it uh, it's in, and I went down to the seminary library and and borrowed um, volume forty six and was starting to refresh my memory as to you know what Luther had to say to the peasants and the lords, and just how much he was just upset about the fact that the peasants broke their word. They said they want to do this peacefully, but then they did it um, violently. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he just did not agree with that at all. Um, and he definitely wanted the Lords to, um, to put a stop to um, the rioters, even by using violence, because as far as he was concerned, um, they had the right of the sword. So you see him keep using um, Romans 13 a lot, you know, which, you know, <laughs> you know, even when I look back at uh, what happened in Jamaica, um, which really did not turn out good for Jamaica at all. Um, but it also reminds you of why God instituted those two kingdoms. You know, mm-hmm. um, the right hand kingdom and the and the left hand kingdom. Um, the right hand kingdom is uh, is is the church where the gospel is to is to be preached um, for the edifying of God's people that they are built up in their most holy faith. But he also instituted um, the left hand kingdom, which is the government um, with the right of the sword. But notice the instructions that uh, that is given to government. They are to punish bad behavior and reward good behavior. Well, what is interesting about uh, socialism is that they tend to use government the opposite way. You know, they don't use it to punish bad behavior. In fact, they tend to reward bad behavior and punish good behavior because if you look if um, if antifa and uh, blm is being encouraged in their violence and yet now you want to treat all trump supporters even the ones that did not um take part in the violence or even condemned to, it yeah yeah even the ones that condemned it you want to treat them all like uh, like terrorists an insurrectionist, <laughs> you know. You go well. Now you, you know, you're punishing good behavior. You're punishing good citizens, um, and you are encouraging the bad ones. So you're using government the opposite way um, than what it was instituted by God to do. And then, if you look to at uh, at the church, you know, the corruption of the gospel is encouraged. Um, oh yeah. In fact, you know, in in fact, I hear that in in some places, not yet in America, but in some places, if you preach against homosexuality, that is considered hate speech. So you want to clamp down on the church. So you know, I, I have a problem with, uh, with with socialism, even in that sense, because it seems to me as if it's it, it's an attempt to take God's two hands behind him and handcuff him. You know, it's as if God operates in this world with these two hands. He operates through the church and through the government. 
And if you don't let them function the way God instituted them to function, then what are you doing? It's as if you are taking his two hands behind him and you are, you know, handcuffing him. And what would be the purpose? The purpose would be that man is trying to make a name for himself. Uh. Instead of instead of lifting up the name of God, you are trying to make a name for yourself. Well, which again reminds reminds you of um, the Tower of Babel. You know, the Tower of Babel is is more is is not so much about a building as it is about man trying to make a name for himself, and the result was disastrous. Um, <laughs> you know, and you look at socialism and its attempt to handcuff God, um, you know, which is also interesting. I was talking to these two guys yesterday, um, and we were talking about the difference between socialism and, and capitalism. And it sort of came to, I, I sort of remembered something that uh, I was told in, uh, in, in, in college when I was in my undergrad. I had this um, philosopher and uh, what is interesting about this philosopher teacher, he wasn't supposed to really be teaching in one of our schools because um, he was an atheist, um, and he was he was a Jewish atheist. I don't know if you can be a Jewish atheist, <laughs> but I guess ethnically, ethnically he was a Jew, but in terms of faith, he was an atheist. And uh, he was explaining something to us that... Um, Ever so often, when I look at the political world, um, I see this. He was explaining the difference between socialism slash communism and capitalism. And uh, he said that these two forms of governments are really like two religions, which was kind of puzzling to the class. How could this be two religions? And he said, look at their definition of man. And he says, um, socialism slash communism have a tendency to define man as being basically good. Whereas capitalism, on the other hand, has a tendency to, to define man as a brute. I go, well, that makes sense. Because if you notice, if capitalism defined man as a brute, it sort of also fit with the Christian definition of man. <laughs> because the Christian definition of man is that he's a sinner. Yeah. Well, the, the, well, the communists and the socialists believe, or at least they claim they believe, that man is perfectible, that you can create a perfect society and a perfect man. We and the West, what? yeah, and we in the West know that is not true. We are horribly flawed people. Horribly flawed. So, we can so then, you, so then you can see anytime you have a socialist government, the tendency is to say, well, if man is basically good, then it is possible to create an earthly utopia. And that anything done in the name of that is moral. And it's hence moral yeah, and it is good, it's proper. And, you hence, know, it and hence we have the gulags proper. and the concentration camps and, oh, yeah. Right. But then if you also look at it, you know, so, you know, I was saying to these guys yesterday, I said, you know, you know, the people that consider themselves to be so good and righteous, 
why is it they often seem to be the most hateful? Interesting. You know? Why is it they often seem to be the most hateful? And they always seem to believe that even if they plot and scheme to take you down, it is the right thing to do because they are doing it in the name of this this good agenda that they have. Hmm. You know, and, and, and that's the, also the thing that is so deceptive about uh, about socialism. And people buy into this as if, you know, yes, we can create this earthly utopia. Well, to try and create an earthly utopia, that is that is like man again trying to make a name for himself. It sort of reminds me of um, this, uh, this popular song um, done by John Lennon. Um, call Imagine. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> that is the most heretical song I've ever heard. <laughs> and you, you, you listen to you listen to his, his his lyrics, and it's like, first of all, I don't want to imagine that there is no heaven. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to imagine that there's no heaven. I don't want to imagine that there's no hell below us. But he goes into this earthly utopia, you know, this there's no country, no borders, no no religion, just this brotherhood of man. And it sounds so good as if it's achievable. And they go, you know what? Um, anytime we do that, anytime we go down the path of trying to create this earthly utopia, it's as if something shock us into realizing just how brutish man is. Oh, absolutely. And I, and, is, and I think that's what happened in Jamaica. What happened was Michael Manley was uh, on this quest to create this utopia, and people bought into it. You know, the meditations and their song, you know, always running from Jamaica. I hope it's forever, because when Noah was building his ark, everyone laughed. And then when the big flood came, they began to weep and moan as if he was building this thing. And later on, it turned out that people weren't trying to break into Jamaica. In fact, there's a line in the song where the the guys said, um, when the gate is locked, I don't want any knocking. <laughs> and, then they, and then they use this phrase, this Jamaican phrase. They go, when the gate is locked, we don't want no rukutuk, right? Which is, uh, you know, saying, I don't want you shaking the gate to get in. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, well, look at Jamaica now. People aren't trying to break in. If anything, they're trying to break out. I mean, how many people are are, are fleeing to get to Cuba? <laughs> exactly. I don't. Nobody's trying to break into Cuba. People are trying to break out. Now, here's another thing. Here's another lie that really can be annoying. You know, America is supposed to be this evil country. It is systemically racist. It's so evil. And in fact, that was what um, the Antifa group that rioted during the inauguration, that's their claim. We don't want Biden. We hate him. You know, we hate America. America is just a bad, co- a, a bad country. And I go, well, why are so many people 
trying to get here. And a lot of the people that are trying to get here are not, not all of them are white. A lot of them are people of color. <laughs> and not only that, if we were as bad as they claim, why are they not in a concentration camp? Right. <laughs> or, or okay, if you gave, if, if, if these people were given the option to leave, so, okay, you think America is a bad country? They can't leave. Pick, we, we don't try yeah, to keep you, people you, in this country. Leave. Yeah, pick yeah, pick some country and we'll send you there. Would they leave? You know, <laughs> would they leave? <laughs> you know, but it, it's the deception, you know, that they tell this lie and they have people believing it. And then I see so many of my family members. You know, that's why that's one of the reasons why I don't put anything on Facebook. First of all, I think they would end up. Um, canceling me (laughs) so I don't put anything on Facebook but I look at the things they put out there and I go you know you guys have bought into this um, this lie that America is this terrible country it is systemically racist and I go racism exists and we should always fight it but it is not nearly as bad as it used to be. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm older than you, and I remember. <laughs> oh Lord, did I just you say grew that? Up here in America too. <laughs> yeah. But I remember my family used to take. Um, we used to go down to Florida where my grandparents lived, and we go down there. Uh, for vacation every summer. And I remember we'd pass into the South and there would be the separate drinking fountains, the separate restrooms, the whole thing. Yes. And people yes. say that there's been no progress? Hey, come on. There has been a normal, you know what I call that? Hmm. I call that repentance. Ah. And the, reason why, and the reason why I call that repentance, because part of the meaning of repentance have to do with changing directions. It's like saying the direction we were going is wrong. Let's turn around and go in a different direction. And that is what happened in America. In America, we fought a war to end slavery, and we've been pushing to go in the other direction ever since. And we have come a long way in that direction. Do we still need to go further? Yes. But when you look at how far we have come, it's like, you know, one of the things that uh, surprised me, I look at um, the uprising in, in Baltimore with the Freddie Gray incident. Oh, yes. And uh, the, 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 um, the district attorney that is getting ready to try these cops is a black woman. And then the mayor at the time was a black woman. And I'm saying, wait a minute, if this country is such a systemically racist country, how did she get that far? How did the mayor get that far? How is it we have so many people of color in Congress? In fact, you look at a lot of these chief of police, the one that um, I think her name is Carmen Best, was a female chief of police. She was a woman of color, a black woman. So you look at how far we have come and you say, you know, this language that the country is a very bad country, is a systemically racist, is a lie. And so this lie is being told. And you listen to some of um, um, President Biden's speech at the inauguration, and he's just talking against 
white supremacy and racism mm-hmm. and you go well i mean they, those things exist but it's not at the level that he's making it sound at all and, and we it, have just come along even look at even look at concordia seminary there was a time when if you were a person of color you couldn't go to school there yeah i know it's but a, that's to where our I shame went to, school. to our right, shame but that's where i went to school that's where I went to school you know so we've come such a long and in fact I wasn't the only black student on campus when I was there so you know we've come such a long way from that that for people to you know talk as if the country is so bad it's like that is just not true um, and so, this, you know, this light and this, that, this is part of the this is part of that 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 Christian ethic that we have in this country that yeah we are flawed we know that but we can fight against our flaws we can the gospel tells us what to do tells us how to how to solve these problems and uh, yeah, yeah we yeah we've got problems yeah we have the old Adam yeah the devil is is among us but we know that. And we know yeah. we we know that we can do better, and we have been. Yeah. I mean, just look at our history. Yeah. Now, here's one of the things that um, was puzzling to me when I try to think about Luther. In Luther's time, they didn't have something called the Second Amendment. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not that at all. And I'm wondering what would he think of our Second Amendment? Oh, that's a good thought. I, it never occurred to me. Yeah, because that's what that's the part that puzzles me. Because I said, because that's what manly yeah. is. Yeah, the Second Amendment is not about hunting. No, it's about it's self-defense. Really about, it's really about the right to overthrow a tyrannical government. Uh, so that is actually written into our Constitution. What would he say about that? Well, that's something because to think about because we're we're drawing up now to the last minute of this of the program, so we got to wrap this puppy up. <laughs> I know it, it's a, it's a tough one. I don't know what he because the thing is the peasants never had that right. It was not given to them, but our constitution has given us the right to overthrow a tyrannical government. And it's it's it explicitly says in the in the Declaration of Independence, you know, even really? before the Second Amendment was adopted, that uh, we have that right. You know, when the when the government no longer serves the the means what it's supposed to, that we have the right to overthrow it. Uh, now, I'm not sure how Luther would feel about that. I mean, after all, he was pretty adamant that the peasants should not be doing what they were doing, but. Uh, yeah, well, but the, yeah, that's that's a provocative question, and you know, um, I know what I think, but that's one of those I'd like to bounce off some of my colleagues and go, "What do you guys think?" You know, um, we have a Second Amendment; it gives us the right we could legally, lawfully overthrow a tyrannical government. With that, you know, what would Luther think of something like that? Well, Pastor, we're out of time, but. Let's think about that, and we'll do it next time, okay? We'll take it up then. Yeah, we'll do that next time. Thank you so Can much, I close Pastor. I word of prayer. Well, I'm afraid we don't have time. Oh, we are out. Okay, okay. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Pastor.
You've been listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting The Pastor Is In on Worldwide KFUO.